This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, and welcome to the 85th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clemente, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host joining us for the very first time, someone that... Honestly, up until about 10 minutes ago, I assumed it was just a Twitter bot who has been testing Lugia counters and tweeting them out. We have the one and only Jake Gearhart. Jake, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So Jake is fresh off of a top eight run at the Toronto Regionals, the largest regional. At the time of recording, Arlington's going to break it in like two weeks, but let's pretend that's not going to happen. <laughs> the largest regional of all time. So we're going to talk to Jake a little bit about how he came up with all the ideas of countering Lugia, how he came up with his list, how the tournament ran go, and you know, everything about it. But first, Jake, I think you're someone who a lot of people have kind of assumed like, oh, this is someone who popped up in the pandemic, kind of out of nowhere. That's not true. You've played the game for a while. How long have you played the game? And what are some of your accomplishments beyond this Toronto? Yeah, so I've been playing since the 2013-2014 season. I started, like, right at the start of that season. Um, and then, yeah, back then I was in the senior division. So uh, I was uh, pretty competitive for my, like, first three, three, four years playing and just in the senior division. And... Um, I was able to get uh, second out of state championships, won a regional championships uh, with a deck that my friend beat me with in state's finals, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, I got a regional championships in seniors. And then sort of uh, once I aged up into masters uh, and I was in high school, I sort of took a like took a break from like pushing to worlds because I, I went to worlds in 2016, mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco. And then, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of just uh, played what what was fun. Uh, played a lot of memes to regionals, just just because they were fun. I played uh, the Excadrill Focus Ash control thing uh, for for one regionals. Well, bro, um, you, you played... said memes. That that is a top tier deck right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish it was a top tier deck. That was like ADP came out and knocked out three of my drillbers, and I lost the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. This... But yeah, then. Then once the pandemic uh, once the pandemic happened, I I sort of uh, started playing in on online events because they were just uh, much less of a time commitment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could play one every night if I wanted to. Um, and then yeah, that's uh, that's sort of how I uh, uh, how I got uh, back to like back to my my uh, former uh, competitiveness, I guess you could say. Um, and then, yeah, I was just playing Luke Metal for two years straight, <laughs> and that was great. I almost forgot about that. The constant war between you and Orion as the Luke Metal Masters. Yeah, that was hilarious. I would like to point out, I was the first one to get an online tournament dub in a Sunday Open with Luke Metal. Got a terrible list. It was so bad. And then Australia taught us how to play Luke Metal. But, you know, I got there a little bit of cloud out there. I won a 40-person tournament once. <laughs> Yep. 
I love that deck. That was the type of deck, though, that, like, and I assume you agree 100%. If IRL events existed, that deck would have been played so much more than it actually was. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the one deck, like, it's literally the only deck in the format where I felt like you actually had, like, the Picaram to an extent, but it's the only deck in the format where you actually had, uh, like, some control over how the game went. You wouldn't lose on turn three and know that you were going to lose on turn three by turn one. Uh, you had You had, like, a lot more leeway to to outskill your opponent when the game wasn't lasting three turns. It was the type of deck where you could outskill your opponent, but also if you ever saw your opponent make a misplay, you could punish. And in that format, almost nothing could do that with the exception of Luke Metal and usually Picarom, depending on if it turned into misplayed, it usually didn't matter. But most other decks, those are the only two that could punish. And everything else is like, I don't know, I'm going to see what happens, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, you could you could make an easy day two with Luke Metal by just hitting uh, ADP players who would discard all their switches, and then you just boss it to Dene and then leave it there. Oh yeah, or the occasional Picaron player who would just be like the mismanaged game energy. Like oh, they quick balled away one lightning energy, you lose the game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, game's over. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Or you just the Zamazenta into the Turnidus, and they're like, uh, I didn't tech for this, and it's like, nope, <laughs> nope, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> But of course, in addition to Pokemon, we like to do, when we have a new guest on here, some rapid strike questions to get to know you outside of Pokemon. So some of these questions are going to be Pokemon, some are not. We haven't done rapid strike questions in a while. You'll have 60 seconds to answer, with no explanation, as many questions as you can. Are you ready? I am ready. Perfect. Question number one. Winter or summer? Winter. What's your favorite snack? Uh, Cereal. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Sableye. What's your favorite deck of all time? Uh, Seismitoad. EX something. With anything? Uh, Slow King, I guess, is my favorite. Would you rather be late or be early? Uh, be early. What's your favorite emoji to use? Uh, right now it's the upside down smiley face. How do you like your steak cooked? Uh, I don't really eat steak very much, so... All right, then what are the toppings on your perfect pizza? Uh, I guess just pepperoni, uh, peppers. Like I like lots of stuff, onions, everything. What color sleeves do you use? Uh, either white or black. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Juniper, sycamore, oak, rowan, or magnolia? Juniper. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, math, I guess. What's your favorite holiday? uh christmas awesome and that is 60 seconds so you made it through 14 that's good right that's a c minus that's c's get degrees yep. <laughs> <laughs> what slow king was seismitoad paired with it was the breakpoint slow king that's the deck that i i won uh the regional championships back with in 2016 so it was like um like the Masters division was a way more diverse meta than the Seniors metagame back then. It was mm -hmm. in Seniors, it was literally just Seismitoad and like bad decks that nobody knew how to play. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so the like you were you were playing Seismitoad mirrors all the time. Um, and Seniors, we, we we played weird stuff like Rock Guard and tried to win the mirror that way or something. But um, uh, the Slow King has an ability that uh, once during a turn you can flip a coin if heads move an energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon to one of their bench Pokemon. So every turn you just get a free, uh, basically like a crushing hammer. You just move it to like a Shaman EX or something. Um, and 
the way you win the seismitoad mirror is is breaking the quaking punch loop mm-hmm. because once as soon as your opponent win uh misses item lock uh you just go head ringer crushing hammer enhanced hammer hypnotoxic laser verbank city gym and and then they lose the game um so yeah the sloking every turn you got you got to flip and uh to be able to do that and uh yeah that's how my my friend beat me it was either in the finals of a cities or states and then i took the same deck and uh won regionals with it that's actually really sick i had no idea what that card did at all <laughs> and i didn't play during the toad war so that sounds uh honestly just miserable but sure favorite yeah, deck. Uh, yeah yeah i mean i i couldn't I couldn't think on the spot a, a more favorite deck. There's probably other things that I like playing more. Like uh, I like I like retro formats a lot, and uh, Ryegs is another favorite deck. Uh, Raichu Delta, Alolan Executor Delta. Um, I'm not sure. There's a there's a lot of decks I like, um, but yeah, Cyber Toad in in seniors it was fun because uh, your opponents were always bad. So <laughs> if you were good, then you would win the Cyber Toad Mirror anyway. See, that's the real secret. We were talking about mirrors a little earlier before the podcast started for everyone who's listening. And uh, that's something I think we're going to get into a little bit. But the idea that there are some very skill-based mirrors. And uh, would you call Seismitoad one of those skill-based mirrors? Uh, well, I guess not really. But in seniors, <laughs> it was a skill-based mirror. If, if both players were playing decently, it was, it was terrible. But, <laughs> but that wasn't a given in seniors. <laughs> in 2016 now nowadays all the seniors are really good but uh yeah back then it was the wild west <laughs> yeah seniors division now is terrifying but i didn't play seniors 2016 so i'm gonna assume it wasn't the same right where like this current best seniors can beat a lot of the math like they could walk in so, and easily top 32 or whatever like those top handful of seniors are, are terrifying players yeah yeah and like like uh yeah they're they're just winning online events all the time yeah that that wouldn't have happened back then. If we had online events, the Masters would crush the seniors. Because back then, we we all made, like, a lot of us still, on, like, made our list from scratch. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. have uh, online results and, uh, like, good YouTube, uh, like, resources for deck lists and stuff. So a lot of people, uh, like, y- you might have, like, your friend who went to the same league and you'd build a deck with them. Like, the top, top seniors had, like... Uh, testing groups with masters and they would always bring good decks and do well but uh if you were like like uh if you weren't one of those best seniors you you were on your own and you had to build uh build your decks on your own and i guess that's how i got uh really good at deck building because i would just uh literally look over the entire standard format like every week and just try and try and figure out how how the result that uh that did well like uh, the outdated deck that did well like three weeks ago that finally got posted. How could I adapt that to to what I needed to play in the current format and stuff like that? I feel like that is the most perfect segue because uh, most people who have clicked on this or listened to this or you know whatever they found out have probably heard you from your eighty eight different Lugia counters that you've just been posting. It's like what hexadecimal codes or something like that for yeah. Uh, and the coordinates of the pixel on the card. <laughs> it's truly one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of, but most people have probably heard of you for that. And you managed to back that up by going into Toronto Regionals with a Lugia counter deck, Lugia counter deck number, I don't know, three or whatever number it was. We'll figure that one out in a second. Is it safe to say 
after this that you are now the greatest deck building mind in the history of the Pokemon trading card game. I have to give that one to Ross Coughlin. He's got about 15 years on me uh, and came up with at least like three of the best decks of all time. So, okay. So we'll give you number two then. I think that that's safe to say that's the, the official. I'm not going to let you respond. That's the official uh, Jakey Hart endorsement. The second best deck builder in the history of the game. <laughs> but uh, I do, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about the countering Lugia, though, because I'm one of the people who thought not the deck is incounterable. I knew that it was. I just assumed that uh, it wasn't going to be quite as countered as it was heading into Toronto. And a lot of people are going to still lose the Lugia matchup. So how did you go about? Oh, for anyone listening, I dropped like a scrub. That's why I'm not interviewing myself right now, because I played Lugia. But how did you go about figuring out these Lugia counters? Like, what was your process to figure out like, oh, this deck is super beatable because Blah. yeah so so it's it's really like uh having a lot of years of experience is is a good thing to go into a new metagame mm-hmm. and like be able to look at lists and find weaknesses um so yeah i've been playing competitively for about nine years now and then recently over the pandemic i've gotten into retro formats um and stuff like that um playing in uh, jason klasinski's like retro tcg1 tournaments whenever i can um and brushing up on those formats. So I have basically knowledge of uh, every good deck ever uh, and why it was good uh, and uh, why the best, like what the best counter decks of all time as well. So um, when you when you see a list that plays only special energies, they don't play any switch cards, mm-hmm. they rely on this support Pokemon that has to sit on the bench with an ability that they have to get out with an, another ability, there's a lot of things you can attack in that in that chain of things that uh, have to go right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is like for anyone listening, that should be obvious, right? Of like, you know, you have to get Archaeops in the discard, get the V star, get it out. You play no switches. So whatever you start is probably attacking. You have these two Archaeops taking up two bench spaces forever, right? Like this is all stuff that seems incredibly obvious to all of us who are playing the format. But then how do you actually figure out which of these points is the one to attack? Do you actually know off the top of your head like every good card in the standard format? Or do you have to like constantly relook back at the cards to remind yourself of what they do? Uh, I, I do have a pretty extensive knowledge of basically every card in the standard format. I've I've read it like at least twice a month. I, I look through everything basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and just uh recheck to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um but yeah, once a once a new deck like a new uh, set comes out, I do like do a regular check through everything. Uh, I ignore the stuff that just has tackle and knock <laughs> twenty, but uh, everything else with an effect, I'll I'll actually consider for at least a second. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm aware of everything, and the the hard part is just coming up with uh, like putting two and two together is is really the 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 tricky part. Putting multiple cards together uh, that you wouldn't think to go together and that's one of the things that like uh sander Wojcik really inspires me about like like the gengar <laughs> I, I knew that card existed i wanted that card to work i knew it was good because reuniclus was good mm-hmm. in 2011 ross Cawthon's the truth um the card like yeah couldn't get it to work with anything and then he shows up and just brings it in mewtwo and the Curly engine, everything's perfect. So putting those two and two together, the the curly engine is exactly what it's needed to make Gengar good with Radiant Serena. 
Like that's the type of thing that that you just have to check over and over to make sure you're you're getting. Yeah, that's one of those things that to go off of that one. And like you, you're probably in the exact same boat. I've played that Gengar and Cube many times. And it's pretty sick there. I read the Serena and I was like, I think this thing is broken. Everyone says it's not good, but like, this is incredibly powerful. Whether it's good in the meta, who cares? Like, but it's like, oh, I saw Sanders deck and I was like, I don't get this. And then it kind of like clicked and I was like, oh my God, he's just like way better than I can probably ever be at this. <laughs> so how did you figure out? Yeah, in- yeah, I was. Keep going. I was testing the the Radiant Serena actually with the the Articuno. We can get into that in a bit. That that that's one of the. I sunk so much time into that deck, and <laughs> it just turned out Palkia was better. But <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> How did you figure out? So you mentioned the whole chain, right? Of like find the Archeops, get it in the discard, get the V Star, no switching cards, only special energies. You know, multiple bench sitters. How did you go about figuring out who to attack in this line to actually beat? Lugia? Or did you kind of go like, okay, how do I beat this part? How do I beat this part? How do I beat this part? Or are you kind of like, this is the big weakness I'm going to start with? Yeah, I, I kind of, like, basically, uh, in my, like, search through everything, I kind of sort, basically, like, mentally sort everything mm-hmm. into a category that, that could possibly attack one of those pieces in the chain. Like, you've got the the ability lock from Aerodactyl and Weezing that, that kind of stopped that starting part. Um, all the the paralysis stuff I know stops the the switching card part. Uh, anything that blocks retreat might trap something active that they started with. Um, and then uh, what else? Yeah, all the special energy hate in the format kind of attacks that last part. So I, yeah, I just start out basically getting everything together that I know would have a, a direct uh, counter to one of the things that Luya needs to do to win the game, and then finding the indirect stuff that is good because of those first things is is the tricky part how do you actually have like the ability to bring one of these highly countered decks to a tournament and this is obviously not a palkia thing because like that's a good deck with counters in it versus like you're doing all these other things how would you actually convince someone who might have this lugia counter and they beat mew or whatever right to actually bring this to a tournament and say, I hope I hit the right matchups. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, that's that's really getting into metagaming, and mm-hmm. that's like a whole nother another thing that that just takes a really long time to get good at. And I, I still, I think that's like one of my weak points. That I guess I guess I'm pretty good at this point. I, I've called some things correctly over the past couple months, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, you just have to be confident in your meta calls, and if you are confident, things can still go wrong. But if you if you think you're bringing the best deck to the tournament, then then you're bringing the best deck to the tournament. And if you don't do well, it's it's because Pokemon's a game of probability. You're you're not going to get the same. You're not going to get the result that is most likely every time. Uh, like Tord went 0-3 at a regionals last year because he played like three Whimsicots with his Earthquake deck. <laughs> Uh, that's not supposed to happen, but that does happen. So you just have to be co- consistently bringing the deck that you think is is best, or the deck that uh, you think will have the the best shot of you winning the game, uh, you winning the tournament. Uh, and if you're doing that, then eventually it'll work out, no matter if it's if the best deck in the format or or the best counter to the best deck. I'm glad you finally agree with my tweet. That was a trick. Got you. <laughs> I, you, you, the the wording on that tweet 
is 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 what bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, just, the best deck is not always the best playing. Yeah, accurate statement. But for everyone, I think what Jake said is a hundred percent correct. I'm co-signing that one, even though yeah. uh, I got a pretty epic ratio on that one. Saying I don't want to do this. We actually, <laughs> I think we actually agree a hundred percent on this whole thing. Play the yeah, best yeah, deck for yeah, the it's tournament. Just semantics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. What are some of those Palkia counters? Not Palkia, you played Palkia. The Lugia counters. Yeah. That you rejected. That you're like, uh, this one was like the Garb V Max, but maybe not the Garb V Max, because that deck sucks. Yeah. But the Garb V Max is a great <laughs> meme. <laughs> what are some yeah, of these so, other ideas? Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll just go down through like what I started with. Like immediately the first card that I came up with, and I, I just recently posted, is the Drapion V Star. Um and that card, I think, still has a lot of potential into the format. And one thing, it, it isn't countered by Espeon VMAX, so that's a good mm -hmm. thing to, to keep in mind for the, the future. So Drapion V-Star, uh, Hazard Star, um, paralyzes and poisons your opponent's active Pokémon, and they take 30 damage between turns. Uh, so already you're playing Drapion V to beat Mew. Uh, like, so you, you, you can be sure that, like, like if, if you... If you if you have a counter card that already has something that that's good about it, it's it's worth looking into uh, as one of the th the first things you do. And so knowing that Drapion V was already a card I I wanted to play in a deck uh, was like basically a shift in my priorities to focusing on that card first. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's always come up with paralysis and poison the last time it was good was uh, Excelgor from Dark Explorers. Um, deck and cover attack, you do 50 and shuffle Excelgor into the deck, um, and then you can promote uh, a Trevenant or Gothitelle, which shuts your opponent out of item cards with stop their switches. Um, and what the deck would try to do is uh, time it so that you knock something out coming back into your turn, mm -hmm. and your opponent is forced to promote something else, and then you would uh, deck and cover that, lock, put up the uh, item lock ability, and you could use uh, Dusknor from Boundaries Cross to manipulate the damage on your opponent's board. Um, so yeah, we're seeing that that same sort of thing with with the Radiant Alakazam and the Articuno now. So, um, but the Drapion V Star also does it with the the V Star power. So the first thing I looked at was um, like Lugia's got 280 HP. If I hit the Lugia for between 220 and 240 damage, and then I use Hazard Star. Uh, ideally combined with like a Roxanne and Path to try and stop whatever switchouts they play, they get knocked out coming back into my turn, and then I I get basically get a free turn. Mm -hmm. uh, so I look at it in the same way that like Yoga Loop works, where you're you're completely eliminating your opponent's turn. So uh, like I always try and think about the game, and this is something that that like Tord actually got me thinking about the way he like interviewed one time about about his Intellion VMAX deck like <laughs> two years ago that he got like top four at one of the the uh whatever they were called, the players' cups. Yeah. Where he's uh thinking about the game in terms of how many how many turns I need to win the game. And back in that format it was three turn games. Uh so uh, it was really easy to think about it in that, those terms. And so I started thinking about it like that and um, got really good at it now that once once the turn length has increased uh, and stuff like that. So uh, seeing that Drapion just give me a free turn, I know that like if, if Palkia is uh, able to get like four prizes against Lugia, then all it needs is the one more turn to get an extra prize card. So the first thing I tested 
uh, was Drapion V-Star in Palkia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just uh, aimed to get four prizes. Yeah, aimed to get like literally just two prizes at the start of the game. And then at some point, uh, build up my board enough to where I can get the Drapion V-Star, Hazard Star, hit with Palkia for 220. Uh, they're paralyzed, poisoned, can't do anything. They pass, they get knocked out. I Echo Horn, Cross Switcher, knock out for my my last two prize cards and take four in a row and win the game. So I spent a lot of time testing that deck. Um, I mean, obviously, like you had you in deck building a lot of the time, like if you're uh, to find these like counter cards, you you really have to throw out your like knowledge of of how a deck is supposed to play. Like like Palkia, immediately you think Drapion V Star doesn't work in there because you use Star Portal, mm-hmm. but you don't have to use Star Portal. There's other cards you can play like Exp Share. Uh, Melanie and Raihan uh, to try and avoid using star portals so that you can dedicate it to the hazard star. Um, and that, that does actually work, and the deck was okay in testing, um, but it just turned out there were there were better things once I got down the, the line of testing the rest of the stuff. So I want to like summarize a little bit in there, because the teacher in me likes that, right? There was a lot of good stuff. So the idea, it sounds to me, Correct me if I'm wrong, but like you were taking the deck and cover idea of the paralysis poison into item lock and essentially into Lugia right now. Now, at this time of recording, right? Who knows what lists are going to end up like? But at the time of recording, no one plays Switch. So you're essentially doing the same thing. Paralysis is the same thing as item lock because they don't play the item to Switch anyway. So it's like, I don't care that you can play items because you don't play a switching card. So you essentially just took that exact idea of this was a top tier deck and it still works the same way here. And now I'm going to figure out how this will work into this thing. Is that cr- pretty accurate? Yeah, exactly. Just taking old ideas and refurbishing them uh, with new cards. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to do it. And I also want to go back to the how many turns it takes to win. Because I think this is something that, and I don't know how many newer players you like work with or try and help or see at league or whatever or play against. But like something that a lot of people struggle with is you don't need all the resources you just need enough to win the game so that idea of you know how long is a game what do i need to win i really like that of like okay palkia i can always get four prizes against lugia but they get their last two before i get my last two so i have to figure out how to cheat that extra turn and i think that's really good advice of like you don't need all of this stuff you don't need 17 palkia attacks you need four prizes and then a way to cheat too and you said Drapion. Obviously, you ended up on the Articuno. Was there other iterations before you got to that Articuno? Yeah, so the, the Articuno actually came about. Um, uh, we started out, like, um, uh, I, one uh, one night, like, so all of these, all of these, like, Palky idea counters are, are just me, like, up at, like, 3 a.m., and I suddenly have an idea, <laughs> and I just write it down, and then, and then uh, I have a friend, uh, who goes by a pack of alpacas mm-hmm. the screen name he does well in online tournaments and stuff um and he's in australia so he's always up <laughs> at, at that time and so uh we, we immediately just go through and and figure out if this like crazy idea is is worth it or not and so the first like the th- the idea i have was that um you have radiant serena um and then you uh attack with articuno uh, does 70, 50 to itself, mm-hmm. attack with that one again. Uh, well, so yeah, you play, uh, you attack with that one, you have Radiant Serena, you heal it down to 30, attack with it again, now you're at 80. Um, then you retreat into another Articuno and attack with that one twice, then keep retreating back between them. And every turn, uh, you're effectively healing 40 
from each Articuno because you're swapping between attacking with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use that with like training court and play. Um, and then uh, we also tested Champions Festival. I, I made a tweet about that. <laughs> so you you can go back and date when I had that idea uh, uh, by by the Champions Festival tweet. We we later realize your opponent can actually use the Champions Festival, and that kind of screws you. Oh, that's uh, actually really funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Champions Festival was great until your opponent could do it to screw you over with the, <laughs> the math. Um, and so, yeah, but uh, we tested that, like, a bit um, and uh, just realized that, like, like we it was good against exactly Lugia and didn't really beat anything else. Um, and so we, uh, the first thing we went to is just try to jam a Palkia deck into our Serena Articuno thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it sort of evolved into more of uh, a straightforward Palky deck. Um, we realized we didn't really need this Serena in the end. Uh, the emergency jelly was just enough. Like, you don't need to be scared of knocking out your own Articunos as mm-hmm. long as they're getting you ahead far enough. Um, like, so setting you up so that Palkia can just clean up the last couple of prizes. You're, you're fine, like, knocking out your Articuno every few turns because you're also getting rid of an Archaeops with it. Or mm-hmm. Lugia, um, and the quick shootings are enough to, to to sort of get there. So that that's one of my like more mild Lugia counters is just this this standard Palkia deck with the Articuno. But it's interesting how we got there from like a much more radical idea uh, and sort of transitioned into a more normal idea. So then, this is from a gameplay standpoint of the deck, and you said it. So you're fine knocking out your Articunos because you're still trading favorably, right? So it's the idea of you're going to, sorry, not you, your opponent's going to stay paralyzed. So I'm going to give you a prize, but this one Articuno essentially set me up to take two to three prizes. Is that 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 kind of logic you're in there with? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, also on the, like, when you're you're attacking into Archaeops, it's only, like, you're only trading one for one. But the best thing about Archaeops is, like, the the 150 HP means that it it'll live two attacks, which just gives you so much time to quick shooting their bench and sort of set it up for Palky at the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, or set it up so that the math works out when when the next when they promote whatever it is, and then you boss it and then lock it more. Um, so even if you're not trading like favorably, the the time to be able to use quick shootings is is really important. How much practice did it take with this deck to figure out all the math? Or are you someone who's just like, I'm going to wing it on the fly and figure it out for every single scenario? Yeah, so with this deck, normally normally I like to put in like 50 to 100 games with a deck before, like on PTCGO ladder just before a tournament mm-hmm. um, with the deck I'm going to play. Uh, I keep like a spreadsheet of just all my matchups, uh, wins, losses going first, second, um, and then why my opponent won or why I won. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to just just keep track of that. But going into this event, I had like no time. So I uh, I literally I played uh, zero games with the list I ended up with in t- before the tournament. Um, uh, my uh, like uh, Caleb Rogerson, uh, one of my testing partners. He was the he was he's been playing like this deck. Uh, and refining a list for a while while I was working on my my manic Garbodor V Max idea <laughs> for that I that I was sold was good for about an hour and then I realized was hilariously bad and I could <laughs> make a big meme about it. <laughs> that was a good memeing for sure. <laughs> yeah, and so so yeah, I I played zero games with this deck. I was actually like I was I was not 
really confident going into the tournament. I I wasn't I wasn't even expecting to make day two. I was I was thinking like uh, I was like out think I always I always have a tendency to outthink myself and expect more of the people who go <laughs> who are going to tournaments. Yeah. Uh, like I expect that I expect that immediately after last uh, after uh, LAIC, everyone's going to be playing switching cards, of course, because the obvious thing to do is play paralysis. But it turns out that's not obvious to a lot of people, so they don't put the switching cards in, and then I'm fine. Um, so yeah, I show up round one and I hit a, a Lugia, and then I have no idea. Well, I I like have a have a I'm really good at like theoring out matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like ninety. 90- five percent of the thing that like basically i i always like 95 percent of my process deck building and testing is just uh basically like not actually playing any games it's either just looking over cards Mm -hmm. or thinking in the shower for 30 minutes playing out matches in my (laughs) head while i'm walking to school um or or whatnot just trying to so I, i know going into the tournament like it's best to go second with palkia and then try and keep calling turn one so you get your raihan um, like against Lugia, um, mm-hmm. it's best to go second, keep calling, uh, so you can Raihan on turn two, uh, and then you'll be fine even if they use Stoutland, because Stoutland has a nice HP, which gives you enough time to build up your board to quick shooting, um, and stuff like this. So I, I've theoried out everything, but I haven't actually played any games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go into round one, thankfully my opponent is playing a, a standard Lugia list, no switch cards, so I have the the full games to figure out all my math and on my on my opponent's turn i'm con- i'm just calculating all the math uh f- for the matchup and, and just memorizing it at that point um <laughs> did, did I, I it turn out to be consistent this. yeah yeah it turned out to be yeah consistent and like i i, I trust my testing partner oh no not, not the deck being consistent oh, the, 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 the math like you're like you played it once math, and you're like yeah. the math is the same in almost every lugia matchup yeah, yeah, it's it's the same. They, all of their basic attackers have 110 HP. All the, the Archeops always have 150. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lugia's got 280, uh, which is kind of an annoying number, but uh, it's fine as long as you get some quick shootings out. The uh, You can use the, the Archeops to stall for time because they uh, one quick shooting will knock them out after two Articunos. Stuff like this is like uh, just stuff that you would normally pick up by playing multiple Lugia matchups. I, I just figure out on the fly. Um, I've been playing Pokemon for long enough to to spot the the patterns that I need to see right away. So as you mentioned this, I want to see. So you're, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm theoring as you say how you beat Lugia. I'm like, okay, how would my list have beaten Lugia? So I want you to tell me why you would still beat me with this. I played the Bird Keeper, right? So you go second. I go Stoutland to Sobble. Are you able to get the Articuno how consistently on that next turn? Uh, you you get it like. You you should be getting it like ninety ninety five percent of the time on on turn two. Like if your mm-hmm. start is if you're if you use keep calling and your hand is not like dead, you're you're pretty guaranteed to pre- paralyze the the Stoutland at that point. So then, uh, let's say I go ahead and bird keeper, get back into the Stoutland, take two more prizes because the Articuno damaged itself. Do you have enough of a lock at that point to take all six prizes without me ever getting to attack again? Yes, you do, but it's tough. So mm-hmm. that's like going um, in the the Stoutland. That's why. So one of the things I realized actually, like it, it was, it took me till like round four to realize this is what I want to do at the um, uh, on um, uh, I, I can't remember. Yeah. So basically, like uh, Stoutland can't one hit KO Greninja, uh, and they can't. Uh, they also mm-hmm. can't 
take two prizes off of a drizzle. So sometimes if you need time, um, you can put one of those up, and then your opponent can't knock you out. So like uh, if you get uh, like an Irida VIP pass turn one, mm-hmm. um, then the best thing to do is actually not to keep calling. It's to put up the Greninja, um, because then your opponent will only take one prize. Because uh, like 95% of the time, they're going to have to play a draw supporter to be able to Archeops. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they don't have to, uh, like a 2-2 Serena split with boss... Is they're not gonna have the boss in their hand, like they're gonna have to use the the quick balls, luminions, and or the the quick balls and ultra balls to get the archaeops to get the stoutland. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're they're not gonna be able to take two prizes off micro ninja most of the time. So so it turns out that um, the at the end of the game, like if you if you're down to two prizes, it kind of depends on how many like marnies you play. Like if you don't play. If you play, like, two Marnies, then I'm, like, pretty confident I can still win the game at that point. Mm-hmm. The one Jelly, I, if I manage my scoop of nets correctly, I can heal enough Articunos. Um, and then at some point, even if I'm in a rough spot, I can um, basically try and uh, just bank on Roxanne uh, and then, like, set up a Palkia, uh, Roxanne. Um, uh, one thing you can also do is, uh, like, knock out um, some art. Like, if you knock out an Archeops mm-hmm. um, and their benches, like... If you, if their bench is locked um, and you knock out uh, an Archeops, then they can't really set uh, set up anything that can destroy Palky in one turn. Um, so you can like Roxanne, uh, like Charizard is the only thing. So if they miss like Charizard plus Belt, mm-hmm. then you're fine. And like a Roxanne will hopefully stop that. Most likely. Um, but yeah, so it, that's like uh, it, even if you're even if you're not able to win the game off of Paralysis Lock alone, you're usually uh, in a good enough spot to make it so that uh, you can still close out the game just by going aggressive with Palkia after destroying your opponent's board a bit. All right, so everyone listening, you heard that. One bird keeper is probably not enough. <laughs> I don't know which side the listeners are on. A lot of listeners are probably on Team Palkia right now, to be honest. Lugia is the big bad. But uh, thank you, because I was curious. After you kind of mentioned I was like, I wonder if the one bird keeper is enough. And it sounds like eh, probably not unless I get a lucky Marnie. You know, the best win condition, right? Is there a better win condition than Marnie yep. right now? <laughs> not uh, paralysis. Besides <laughs> that, Marnie. <laughs> so uh, are you ready to go ahead and get into a little bit of the tournament run? Yes. Yeah. So we kind of already talked a little bit about round one, but I want to get into a little more. My favorite thing to ask every single time is, how are you feeling sitting down in round one? You haven't been playing this deck. Caleb's been playing this deck and said, trust me, it's good. And you're like, okay, sure. Or do you think, okay, I am completely screwed or I'm hoping my opponent flips over a Lugia and I can figure it out or like, I got this, this thing is broken. Does the feeling of I have been talking smack on Twitter for the past three weeks and have been called out by former world champions <laughs> as like, oh, this dude's a crackpot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Does that extra like pressure weigh on you? Like, how are you feeling in to round one? Yeah, so so I guess this was probably the most pressure I felt going into a round one since like yeah, ever, honestly. <laughs> um uh, I'm just I'm just praying my opponent is going going to play Lugia and they're not gonna play any switch cards <laughs> so that I have enough time to figure out what the hell I'm doing for the rest of the game. Um So we got and, a, a little uh, bit a little bit of luck there of like that's exactly what happened. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Or I can. So, so I've been playing Palkia for like six months, and I've been playing the Intellion engine for a year and a half. Like since since Urshifu VMAX like got quick shooting, I've been playing Intellion engine. So I know that I know ninety percent of my deck. Mm-hmm. I know how to play it perfectly. It's just the last ten percent of my deck that I got to figure out. Um. Uh. And yeah, I I I I'm pretty good at like managing my uh like worries i guess my uh like psyching myself out so i know i'm like sitting down i'm i'm obviously like walking into the venue uh sitting down i'm obviously thinking about uh all of the claims i've made on twitter <laughs> feeling a little bit vindicated by the australia top eight which we saw the the night before with the the eight or the the four ridiculous decks in, oh, in their their top eight so i know that at least if i <laughs> i'm yeah, so disappointed at in least australia if I, at, at least if I do poorly, I can I can point. Hey, I got I got that right. <laughs> I got that one over there. Even though they're they're they play the small regional, whatever. It's that's what I predicted. Um. So yeah. So I'm going into round one, and I have to figure out the deck. I end up figuring it out in enough time. I win my round one. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I go on to just hit a bunch of Lugias <laughs> in a row. Um. So yeah, I hit uh. Almost all with without like switching hard. So I think mm-hmm. like round two, um, I hit a a lost box actually though. So uh, round two, I hit a Charizard lost box, and I played that matchup a ton of times with Palkia, and I just played the same as I've always played it. Try to lost zone the Charizard, attach a Wash Energy to the last Palkia so that it can't be uh like so basically the 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 matchup is literally just make sure Charizard can't one-hit KO your Palkia by getting a Wash Energy on it so that they can't set it up with Sableye. Mm-hmm. And then you lost on the Charizard, and then they lose the game because they don't have enough attackers. Um, so and is so that the matchup, one Lost City specifically for that matchup? Yes, yeah. It was It was mainly, yeah, specifically for uh, Lost-owning Charizards, Kyogres, uh, mm-hmm. Manaphys, whatever I wanted to Lost Zone in the, in the Lost Box matchup. Uh, and it also helps against Reggie's as well, but I wasn't expecting any of them. Yeah. Reggie's, yeah, a bit and of a then meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the I the second stadium, like, so I play one training court, one Lost City, and the second stadium is uh, really good in, like, I, I also play the, the Drapion and the Ordinary Rods. So against the Marnie Path Mew, mm-hmm. um, I can attack with Drapion twice. Uh, I have the the training court for, training court for my first out, a lost city for my second out, and then I have the ordinary rod to put the the Drapion back. So against that that matchup, even though they're spamming spamming Marnie Path against you, you mm-hmm. can just do nothing for like half the game because you have double Drapion. Um, and so that that stadium was crucial in that matchup in in like in testing um, prior to uh, like this event, um, just in like last format and sort of leading up into uh like laic before then a bit but mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense you only got attacked twice so you're like oh here's a single prizer here's another one here's another one okay i got the combo we're ready yeah yeah exactly uh so i hit i hit the lost box and then i hit another reggie's i mean uh, i hit another lugia um with no switch uh and i'm 3-0 going into lunch break um 
I walk uh, with my my friend. There, there's three. I have three Jake friends: Jake Santiago <laughs> and Jake Pilch. Yeah. So Jake Pilch and I go go walk to a subway like 15 minutes away in the in the extreme wind of Toronto, which I'm used to because I live in Chicago, and he's he's not at all used to. So we're like heading walking head first into the wind. Bro, it was uh, it was miserable. Subway. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm used to it. This is like my normal normal <laughs> weather at this point. <laughs> I was I hated every second of that. I was like, oh my gosh. I just walked across the street to my hotel to eat lunch and I was like, this is too cold. Why does anyone live here? <laughs> Alright, so anyway, you're at Subway. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I'm at Subway. I I'm feeling fine. I'm watching the stream. Uh I see the the uh I think I think this this was the round where uh, it might have been the round after where like Charlie Lockyer with the Radiant Alakazam deck. I, I was thinking about that. That was really cool. Um, I, I we my group had considered Alakazam for a little bit, but we never got around to testing it as much as they did to bring it. Well, while um, we're on the subject, I want to give a shout out to Edwin, who was the Lugia player in that matchup. Who uh, we uh, we theoried a lot of stuff together. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to him for being on stream and getting absolutely clapped <laughs> by the. Uh, the frost moth but anyway keep going yeah no i actually i i think i i'm pretty sure it was him yeah so on my uh on my flight back from toronto to chicago he was actually on that flight oh so nice. we <laughs> talked about that a little bit yeah so uh uh yeah I, I met him like in the airport um our flight was delayed so we had like an hour to chat about <laughs> the tournament which was, which was pretty cool um but yeah so then i i go on um i hit uh a couple more Lugias. So by the end of day one, I've hit, um, uh, I think, uh, two Lost Box, uh, and I beat them both. And then I've hit uh, all the rest were Lugias um, with uh, very, like, most... So I, I hit three Lugias with without. So I hit um, uh, one Lugia with one Bird Keeper, but that wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. um, then I hit uh, Gabe Smart playing the, or the Bird Keeper plus Eldegoss. Uh, and I knew about the uh, the Eldegoss and the Birdkeeper going into that matchup, so I just played an Agropalkia deck and was able to get one game off of him, so that it, it ended up in a tie. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I also hit uh, Bradner in the last round, uh, and I just played Agropalkia again, but lost that match. Um, it was yeah, it was closer than I expected it to be, just because of uh, like if I'm able to get the boss on the Espeon. Uh, then like the game's over immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but if if I'm not able to do that, then it's like it's terrible for me. Um, so I end up going. Uh, what was it? Six one two. I think. Yeah, going into day two, um, beat all the Lugias without. Or actually, yeah. So one of my one of my Lugias, I actually tied against because they didn't have any switchouts. Game one, they they donked me, um, and then game two, I wanna wanna like. Uh, reasonably uh, long game two and then game three um i i need two turns to win the game mm -hmm. i i set up like i'm playing as fast as i can because i know time's about to be called uh i i paralyzed the archaeops active all i need is uh uh two quick shootings to win the game basically i got i got the kill on the active and then uh, i've got a, a palkia plus quick shooting kill on whatever he has on the on the bench mm -hmm. and uh, as soon as I attack, my opponent's checking my discard pile, and time is called between turns, and it ends up in a tie. I need literally like 15 more seconds, and I would have had that win. 
That's always well, such an but, interesting yeah. rule of like whether the card has been drawn or not is the only thing that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that rule should be changed, but maybe I'm biased because it was <laughs> it against me there. I have never been bodied by that rule once, and I am not a huge fan of it. So I, you're probably biased, but also I agree with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So so that that matchup, like, uh, I I was like pretty disappointed after that round but uh, i got over it pretty quickly like the one thing i always like to remember is that as soon as the next round starts and i or like as soon as the, the next rounds go on if if i didn't get the exact result i get i got there who knows what i would have played against next i could have won that game and then mm -hmm. played against two uh lugias with uh birdkeeper eldegoss and just lost both of those uh so as soon as as soon as your your next round goes up uh if it's if it's a result that you you were happy with or like as soon as you get a, a result you're happy with you can't you can stop being annoyed by the result that you got before because uh if if that didn't happen who knows what have ha what would have happened in the future it's another nice piece of advice like we've gotten the good like play the best deck for the tournament we've gotten the you only need enough resources to win and that's another good one i'm just like just move on to the next round because that's the one you have to win now yeah yeah and so, then yeah, so I'm I'm feeling all right going into day two. I get uh, a like decent rest at the hotel. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I, I think I sh uh, ended up like yeah, getting back around like midnight. So I got like <laughs> good six hours of sleep. I but, uh, that I'm is college, college so student. Yeah, to... <laughs> I was like, that is not yeah, decent yeah. rest at all. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it, it's not. It's not decent rest. But yeah, the. A half of half of a, a Pokemon tournament is just being able to play. Like even if you're the best player in the game, if you can't play uh, for uh, twenty hours straight with with like a six hour break in between, I don't know how many hours we play, probably played like yeah twenty hours with a six hour rest between. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a fatigue tournament uh, mm -hmm. really at at a point um, where if you can beat the if you can stay on the at a at a pretty good level of playing uh without getting exhausted by the uh the sleep the loss of sleep then then you're uh you're able to do well that's a heck of a challenge for sure <laughs> so uh i want to ask real quick too so 612 is significantly better than 621 right like you are of the 110 people let's say i'm not going to check that number 110 people in day 2 you were ahead of a ton of them in match points, right? That has to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You always gotta gotta like to be the above the the six two one. Um, that second loss is is really rough for sure because you can you can basically only take two losses if you're going into top eight. So uh, having that done uh, in day one, when when you know if you want to make top eight, you're gonna hit all the good players at the end of day two. Uh, so saving your losses up for those games is, is really what you want to be doing. Um, so yeah, it's definitely nice to be able to take the tie going into day two rather than the loss. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that was able to to get me uh, in a good enough position to to where I could put myself close to top eight in day two if I won a, a few games. <laughs> How did day two go for you? Obviously, we know the end result, but like, what was that middle? Yeah, so day two, it started off, like, really well. I think I, yeah, I start off, uh, I get paired against Lugia with, who has not seen Articuno yet. 
uh, <laughs> and has not seen. Uh, they they don't play any uh, any paralysis answers. They have to read my Articuno. They read the jelly. Uh, I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, I take the the two all win against them. Um, then I get paired against a, a Reggie's, and uh, I know I have my Roxanne and my Lost City, but I only got one Lost City this <clears> time, so I don't get to just delete a bunch of Reggie's and win that game. So, uh, game one, my uh, my opponent bricks, and I brick as well. And he has a Pokestop in play, and we're literally both using the Pokestop <laughs> over and over. We use it three times, and we've discarded so many so many good cards. I discard my Lost City at one point, oh, which is no. terrible. So, so the funny thing is, he 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 Pokestops, and he discards a path every time he Pokestops. <laughs> So he's he's discarded three paths in his Pokestop. So I'm like, I'm chilling. As soon as I get this Lost City, uh, the game's over. Mm-hmm. I discard my Lost City off the Pokestop. It, w- it was so bad. But uh, I end up drawing out of it sooner, and he still fails to draw. I, like, boss around the gift energy to get myself ahead uh, a few prizes. And then, yeah, he concedes that game, and we go on to game two. Um, game two, uh, I set up, he sets up. Um, but I get my, uh, I get to loss zone his, uh, 120 lucky. So he, he played, he played the two of the, the 121s and the, the, t- uh, battle lucky, the snipe one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I can't like, like if they only play, uh, two of the, like if they only play two of lucky, then it's really good to just loss zone one. Cause then they have to ordinary rod every single time they want to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you loss zone one of the, the Terra spark, Regieleki, um, it gives you like if you're able to do that early, it, it gets you in a, a better position to like stick them with a Roxanne at the end where you just put a Palky active, uh, ideally with my Wash energy so that it can't be stopped by the the Reg Ice, mm-hmm. um, and then I just get in, get ahead enough by the um, like Roxanne, I get ahead in knockouts and eventually just close out the game. Um, and I also play like double quick shooting, so I'm able to set up like a double Greninja KO if I want to. Um, <laughs> I wasn't able to do that in that in that game, but it's it's really good. Like especially combine like if you can do the the Greninja double KO with the Lost City, uh, that's really good against them. <laughs> that's um, gross. But yeah, that that that's like my my strategy going into the match. But uh, obviously, that's pretty difficult to set up. Like regardless of having the double quick shooting or not. Uh, it's a lot to ask for, um, but yeah, the the matchup. My opponent doesn't draw too well, so uh, they draw like a, a, a Reggie deck yeah. is supposed to draw. So <laughs> who would have thought? I'm able to get that win. All right, so that that's you're starting off two zero into day two. That is a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, next, I think I play against another Lugia player, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, or no, I, I play against a. I can't remember if I play against uh, my other Lost Box player or another Lugia, but at some point I end up, um, uh, I end up uh, like I'm on my my last three rounds mm-hmm. and I need to go two one to make top cut. Easy. Um, so I I uh, I hit uh, Finn Daniel Lynch uh, and uh, I look on uh, Pokey Stats and he's playing Mewtwo Control, and so I was actually talking uh, so in the senior division. Um, uh, Michael, uh, one of my friends, was also playing in my the same sixty as I was, mm-hmm. and he was going into the top eight. And there was a Mewtwo. There were two Mewtwo controls in seniors top eight. So we had been talking about the matchup earlier in the day, and we realized that all you have to do to win 
is one-shot their Mewtwo Union with the Drapion. And we play a Thornton. So you can Star Portal onto a Sobble, attach an energy, and Thornton into Drapion, and one-shot the Mewtwo V Union to end up the game. And then we also play our double quick shooting, so they can't stall us with Miltank. Mm -hmm. We're just gonna double quick keep quick shooting the Miltank and it's gonna they're they're gonna go down. So so yeah, game one against him. I open my my draw my opening hand, I start the Drapion. So I know in my head immediately, I'm like, I'm gonna concede this game after uh five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I, I I look at my watch and I, I, I see like basically I let him play out just to, to get enough cards. Like so I so I see because uh, I want to know like what kind of Mewtwo control list is he playing? Is he playing something weird, or is mm -hmm. he just playing the standard thing? Um, so I let the the game play out a little bit. I I pretend to play normally, um, and then uh, as soon as the time's up, like that I've given myself, basically mm -hmm. I I concede the game and I move on to game two because I know that this matchup is super favorable as long as I can use this this Drapion. Yeah. Um so he he's he's super confused why I conceded. He's like normally people wait until I get the Union out um <laughs> before conceding, but but no, I, I'm conceded right away. Um going into game two, um he he actually draws pretty poorly. I, well I think so he draws well but he makes like a decision to uh ultra ball for another v union piece so he can like quick ball it away or, or something like or research it away mm -hmm. rather than get like a second snorlax or something like that um so at some point he he ends up playing a research and missing um on like uh bench pokemon and i'm able to like so in that game also my i had like double quick shooting prized mm -hmm. uh so that was really bad uh, and i was attacking with the aqua bullet inteleon um but uh, so I I was able to get get my quick shooting one of my quick shooters out of the prize card so that I can one shot a Snorlax mm -hmm. uh, with the quick shooting and the Aqua Bullet, um, and then I'm yeah able to win that game fast enough. Uh, so I like eventually I would have won that game anyway most likely as soon as I got that quick shooting out I was feeling fine but just being able to win that game quickly and not reveal the Drapion uh, was pretty helpful. Um, so then going into game three. Um, I get, yeah, good start, exactly what I want. Uh, he gets a good start as well. He gets a, a really fast V Union out. Um, and then, so yeah, I'm taking prize cards. I, I get down, I, like, I know he plays a Roxanne, mm -hmm. and I'm forced to, uh, I can't, like, just not knock out his active Pokemon. Um, I, I can't remember why, but there, there was some reason why I couldn't just sit and, like, because ideally I would want to just sit behind double quick shooting and, like, set up for, like, a, a triple KO, basically, at the end of the game, it, like, if he doesn't get the V Union out, mm -hmm. uh, so that I don't have to play into Roxanne. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm forced to play into the Roxanne, he gets the Mewtwo, he gets the Roxanne, and I draw a dead hand. And I, he has a pokey stop and play, but all I need, all I need is this one Drapion, the the Thornton and the Drapion. Um, so like, so basically, I have my Palky active, and he plays it the Yellhorn. It's confused. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, uh, but he's he's only um, he only uh, a Union gains. He only was able to Union gain for one Psychic Energy, so he has a Psychic and a Twin mm -hmm. on his on his uh, Mewtwo. Uh, so I know he can't final burn my Palkia. So, um, uh, I have to be kind of worried that he's going to snipe my Sobbles, but I make the decision, basically, he has the Pokestop in play, I make the decision to hold off until next turn and go for the Confusion coin flip. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, like, ho hoping that either he's going to not be able to, uh, like, he's, I, I think I, I like quick shooting 
or, or something. Um, so like maybe he's thinking that he needs to heal anyway because he knows like I, I basically have to be worried that if he like just snipes down my my Savals and my Italians that I'm just gonna not be able to find the Drapion combo and lose the game. <laughs> but I I decide that it's best to go for the the confusion coin flip, uh, and I get the heads on the confusion. So he's he's um uh he's he has to heal that turn. Uh, so that that gives me more turn to draw, and then I end up top decking the scoop up net, which can get me into the Drapion Thornton combo, um, and I do that, and he's just uh, he's stunned, <laughs> <laughs> and he he has to read the Thornton, he reads the Drapion, I think, yeah, and then uh, yeah, he packs it up, and he's like, you have so many texts for my matchup, the double click <laughs> shooting the the Drapion Thornton, um, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy. I need one more win to make top eight, but I know that I gotta I gotta face the Espeon. Uh and I gotta face the Bradner like in the next round. I knew I, I was a um yeah, hundred percent going to hit uh Bradner in, in the uh penultimate round. Uh, or the yeah, what I don't know how to yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Whatever, the second, second to last, last round. Um yeah, I hit uh Bradner um we ended up playing it out uh, like we, we were considering uh, IDing uh, just because he's cons he's concerned about uh, like he he knows he thinks that like so I didn't realize that any of the, the 35 pointers would actually bubble. Mm -hmm. But I think we had one bubble. So um, I was uh, like so he he wanted to ID the, the game even though, even though he knew what was favorable. Um, I wanted the the win, obviously, but I was probably fine taking the ID because I think that would put me in a, a better shot to dodge uh, the other players playing the Espeon and stuff. Because there, there were a couple like Zora boxes at the top tables mm -hmm. that I wanted to hit those as well. Because my Lost City, I can like Lost City, their Raichu, and then Lost City, like whatever they have, and it's fine. Yeah, especially um, with so your quick shootings, them. that matchup is so good. I've, I've tested it enough. Yeah, Zora yeah. box folds to quick shooting nets and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I want to hit those the Zora boxes. So I I I'm like fine taking the the ID, but he ends up wanting to play it out. So we play it out. Um, in game one, um, game one he draws really badly. Mm -hmm. uh, and like my my game plan, as soon as I know my opponent is playing uh, either Birdkeeper Eldegoss, I like basically double switch out or the Espeon. Mm -hmm. I immediately like I I change up my entire game plan. And I go, I want to go first. I want to play like a Palkia deck. Uh, and then just try and get my last prizes with the Articuno in the end if I deal with all their counters. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, I end up going second. But um, I think, no, 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 I might go first. I can't remember. But anyway, he gets a bad setup. He doesn't, he misses the Espeon. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm able to uh, like paralyze once. And then when he benches the Espeon, boss KO it right away. Um, and then just chain the paralysis for the the rest of the game. Game two, um, it was uh, another thing. He drew, like, game two, a similar situation to game one. He drew a really bad uh, hand, uh, misses the Espeon. Um, but uh, oh, it was either he misses the VMAX or the, the Espeon V at some point. But I was, um, oh, yeah, so game two, he hits the Espeon V, actually. I I'm able to boss KO the Espeon V. Um, but uh like so he he KOs my Palkia. I think he he's taken like three or four prize cards at that point. But my quick shoot or my uh shady dealings in Talion is prize, and mm. I've had to use like all of my Drizziles to get my Palkias up. Um so I I'm like 
basically I, I'm trying to to scrounge together enough to keep this paralysis up for a little bit until I take my um, my quick shooting or my shady dealings off the prize card, but I'm not able to do it. So then mm-hmm. uh, I think I would have won that game if I didn't prize the shady dealing, dealings into Talion, but uh, that that's how it works. Uh, unfortunately, I had to use all my Drizziles. Um, like normally, normally you uh, you're fine just like using one Drizzile every turn to because all you need is like Raihan, maybe a Jelly, uh, like an Irida. An Irida will fetch you basically everything you need mm-hmm. every turn to keep the paralysis lock up enough to where you're taking a few prize cards to get the shady dealings out. Um, but I wasn't able to take the take it out soon enough, um, so that yeah, I end up losing that game going up to game three. Um, uh, Basically, there just isn't enough time to finish the game. I think mm-hmm. he 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 might have won that game. It w- it was actually pretty close that last game. He was only uh, he was got a pretty slow start. I got a pretty fast start. I'm just playing Palkia like last format Palkia against his his Lugia deck that's a turn behind, and that one turn is really all I need mm-hmm. if I'm able to keep stay ahead. I still have to hit my bosses when I need them. I need to not lose off his Marnies, but there just isn't enough time to. To finish the game so uh in a we end up tying and chip is sitting there watching the <laughs> game and realizes that, that it's interesting enough to to put on stream when i hit rule the next round yeah uh but yeah yeah that that round was was tough but i was able to get the tie off of that and then so rahul's you're winning it then right that's your well no it's the last yep. round that's a stupid question yeah <laughs> uh same 60s bradner yep yeah, same 60. I know I'm playing against the SVN again. Um, I realize that the matchup is like, like it's. I, I thought it was like going to be really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't realize like, like Lugia, Lugia actually kind of struggles to do anything besides get the Archeops into play on turn two. Um, like they can't, they can't always attack with the, what they want to. They kind of mm-hmm. just have to attack with what's active or attack with the Lugia. Um, and Sometimes, yeah, they struggle to to search for other stuff because they have to put so much into getting the Archeops in the discard pile. And so he, uh, so I know that, like, if I'm able to get the boss KO on the Espeon before it comes down, that I can win. It's still an unfavorable matchup, but at least the Palkis give me a chance. Yeah. So I'm going into the stream game. I know I'm uh, unfavored in the matchup. Uh, I lose the coin flip, which isn't great because I really need to go first. In that matchup, um, Rahul gets literally the perfect opening hand in, in the first game. Mm-hmm. He gets the, yeah, turn one Ultra Ball double Archeops, um, and he gets the SB on V down, and turn two, he gets the SB on V max. Um, and so I, I get the, the boss hit onto the SB on V max with my Palkia, um, and then he Marnies me at, like, so I, I set it up so that I, I will end up taking the KO on the the SPM with my sword and shield and tell you on the next turn mm-hmm. um and even at this point i'm like kind of debating just conceding the game and going on to game two because he's taken so many prize cards that i'm not sure i'm able to to keep up the, the paralysis lock long enough to to win the game um but he marnies me into a hand where i don't have access to the the boss plus the shady dealings and so i just make the decision easy i go on to game two mm-hmm. Um, game two, I draw, uh, I think I drew, yeah, I drew like a well enough opening hand to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he Marnies me into a perfect hand of, uh, double incense. And then I top deck my Palkia V-Star. Um, so like, so he says he was debating, 
he he got the SVN done. He was debating attaching a VGuard energy to it, um, which would have. So if I didn't top deck the Palkia, that actually would have uh, stopped me from from getting the knockout on the uh, like because I had double incense. I could go get the Palkia, get the Drizzile for the boss, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't have enough bench Pokemon to deal with the the VGuard energy. So if he uh, if I didn't top deck the Palkia, then that would have got me. But I thankfully I top decked the Palkia, so it wouldn't matter anyway. And I end up uh, knocking out his Espeon um, and then just get, yeah, exactly what I want from then on. Paralyze every turn, uh, use the Jelly. I don't brick off of his Marnies. I'm able to thin my deck of, like, VIP passes and, and whatever junk is in there so that mm-hmm. you don't really need to draw a lot to continue the par- Paralysis lock. But I did price three energies in that game, which was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, the... It, it wasn't as bad as as the the commentators thought it was because um, I had the ordinary rod and I have Raihan uh, to power up. So if I if I need to, I can like give him a KO uh, at some point. Um, I can't remember why. I think yeah. So he had to put like um, he had to put a bunch of powerfuls on the Lugia to one shot my uh, to one shot my Palkia. So I can be like uh, I can make it so that Stoutland can't one hit KO. Um, uh, like something. So if I, I can, if I can, if I run out of energies, I can, I can get a Raihan off or something. Um, or I have my training court and I have my ordinary rod, so it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then going into game three, um, he gets the turn. Yeah, he goes first. He gets the turn one Espeon. I also prize three water energies again, which is kind of funny. I do it back to back. Um, but he like turn two, he researches into a completely dead hand. Uh, and so you can see me on the stream game. I like, like, as soon as like I ask him, are you going like, so he, he's like ultra balling for Luminion basically because he, he wants to thin his deck. Uh, so he draws like uh better top deck next turn and he's shuffling after the Lumin- Luminion. So I ask him, are you going back in? And he says, no. And immediately you can see like my, my demeanor change. Cause I think I'm going to lose this game. Yeah. I think he's got the one shot on my, my active, um, and he's got the SBM VMAX ready to go. Um, and as soon as I see that that he's not going to even be able to attack that turn, uh, I'm I'm ready to go. I draw my my card right away. I boss KO the Espeon, um, and then he he still misses the attack or something. Uh, like he misses, I don't I don't remember, but he he misses enough that I'm literally just playing Palkia, mm-hmm. no Articunos. It's just a fast game three. And then, like we're running low on time, so it's good for me that, that this was. But uh, Rule and I agreed that we wanted a winner out of the game either way. So we were going to go based on like, board state um, if no one won. So I even if I had to use the paralysis lock, if there wasn't enough time, um, uh, assuming my board was, was set up enough, I think uh, I would have got that game either way. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was good to uh, just get that game up so it finished on time on stream. And then uh, I go in with my interview on Chip, uh, and I get to to talk about my Twitter, and that was great. <laughs> so you end up in top eight. What did you hit in top eight? I was at the airport at this point. I have no idea what happened. Yeah, so I I have like the top eight is like like half of top eight is like super good matchups, mm-hmm. and then half of top eight is really bad matchups. Uh, and so, uh, like, I, I want to hit Piper, because that's, like, an auto win. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to hit the Duraludon. The Duraludon's a bit harder, because, uh, like, they play the double the double Parasol, but 
Uh, I think I'm still fine because they don't have triple parasol, so I can KO whatever the first thing they have is with the the Articuno, um, and then just try and take my last prizes with like just playing a normal Palkia deck with double quick shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just try and trade two for two on the Duraludons, like weave in a Roxanne so they miss like a Hyper Potion. Um, the matchup would have been like close probably. Um, then what else was in top eight? There was the two. Uh, the one Paul, uh, one Lugia with, uh, I think it was only one Bird Keeper, so I was fine with hitting that. Uh, uh, Bradner was in there with the Espeon. I wanted to dodge that. Um, and then there were two uh, Grant and mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Gedimer uh, with the uh, Zekrom Lost Box. Uh, and I know I'm like kind of screwed into Zekrom because I don't play any switching cards, so oh, I'm nice. also spotted by the <laughs> paralysis <laughs> so uh he's got he's basically playing lost box but uh with a with a charizard that can attack on turn two <laughs> instead of at the end of the game um uh so and also it's a charizard that 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 paralyzes me so that sableye cleans up my sobbles at the same time so it's it's so bad mm-hmm. um but uh game one uh he actually like i don't think he knows i played the lost city so uh, I, I'm able to catch him off guard. I think like he 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 has to like lose a lot of resources in the early game to set up. Uh, so he's he's running low on on resources and attackers. Um, and I think he's banking on using the Zekrom at some point, but he benches it early and like attaches to it. Uh, so I'm able to boss Lost Zone the Zekrom. Uh, so I'm able to win game one. Um, then game two, I start Drapion and nothing else. <laughs> so I, I just lose that game really quickly. Uh, game three, I also start a pretty bad start, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm able to sort of like getting it, get it. Uh, basically, I, I just like solo him with, uh, I'm able to, to get a Greninja attack off at some point. Like, is he, he wasn't able to get down the mana fee. So I'm able to get a, a couple prizes with the Greninja, um, get a Wash Energy on a Palkia. So it's like, makes it a little bit difficult for him to to win and it comes down to um like he he's played an energy recycler he has like five cards in hand um and it comes down to if he he can get the uh get an attack off off of like if he can mirage gate to a snorlax off of my roxanne so he has the pokey stop and play um i play the roxanne he's able to get it i think it's it's uh i i don't remember if it's like almost guaranteed or not but i think he had like a, a recycler left so he was able to pokey stop basically just uh get rid of uh all of his deck mm-hmm. and like so if he drew like an awkward comfy maybe hit the mirage gate and the recycler then he would have lost that game uh and i would have moved on to top four but yeah it played out the way it did he was he was able to clean it up as expected i knew going into that match i was very very unfavored yeah uh, so i had already kind of accepted that i was going to lose the game but uh yeah uh unfortunately i would i would have hit piper in top four and and made my way to finals um uh almost certainly i just have to win one game against the two against the control because uh like yeah she's she's uh has to she has to win both games because of the top cut rules yeah so yeah i'm very confident that i could yeah just uh, even if I like start the Drapion in, in that matchup, I'm I'm just gonna attach four times to my Drapion and knock myself out with Dynamic Tail because there's so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, just basically like play out the game as, as much as I can. Like uh, with Finn, I I, w- I I was considering doing the like attach four times and knock myself out with the Drapion, but there's just not enough time. 
And if he's able to get a couple good crushing hammer flips, I'll lose the game. Um, and yeah, it won't work out. But yeah, against Piper, I would have been able to have like two shots at getting that, and then I can win the uh, the uh, prize card, win on prize cards in the last game. Um, and then it would just been uh, me versus Duraladon in the finals. And uh, who knows that 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 matchup actually would have been pretty interesting, I think, to to see. Um, probably closer than uh yeah it, it it's got to be like pretty close um but definitely like i think I, i'd be like a little bit unfavored um but if i'm able to like time my stadiums well to knock away the crystal caves mm-hmm. get my paralysis when i need to like if he misses a big parasol then i'm like super good um because i can yeah just paralyze a couple times to get enough damage onto where my palkia will one shot um yeah just play it uh yeah it would have been an interesting finals but yeah uh, I yeah wasn't wasn't expecting to win that that top eight game for sure. No, but you did incredibly well. A top eight is a a massive finish, right? Like, congratulations again on, like I said, not Thank just you. the top eight finish, but like backing it up. I think that is the most impressive part to me that you came out the gate and you're like, no, I know what I'm talking about. L- look at this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, I was concerned. People and I, I just watched uh, Omni Pokes like a uh, review of the 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 top like eight decks for all the mm-hmm. turns, and he he kind of called me out for playing a just a, a Palkia deck with the Articunas, <laughs> which was already a deck. So my counter, my 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 Lugia counter wasn't spicy enough for him, I guess. <laughs> but it turns out it was for at least the majority of people, which I'm happy about. Yeah, in the end, just like uh, yeah. look at the limitless page, and you're like, oh, you know, it was spicy enough. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it worked. There was enough. The, the the Thorns in there, the Lost City. I got enough weird cards <laughs> in my deck to count. Yeah. Are you gonna be in Arlington? Yes, yes, I am. Back to back top eights uh hopefully uh it's gonna be tough but uh obviously because arlington's gonna be like the biggest regionals ever uh so uh, you, you can do it it's only I've, like 200 some... more yeah yeah only 200 more That's easy fine. <laughs> dude have you been cooking or are you like obviously don't leak the play right but are you like uh palkia is probably gonna be good again and i can tech for it or you're gonna throw the world like out for a loop and we're gonna see lugia with four switching cards is that what you're bringing <laughs> No, I'm I'm not playing Lugia for any <laughs> in this this format unless I can solve the mirror somehow. I'm not playing Lugia at all. The the matchup like uh, the the thing with the Lugia mirror there's there's lots of mirrors and I mentioned to you this before the the podcast the mm-hmm. Lugia there's those mirrors which are um like 50/50s all mirrors are 50/50 on paper but there's mirrors where it's it's an actual 50/50 or it's a 90/10 because you you can outskill your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um and Lugia is one of those mirrors where it's close to uh a 50/50 regardless of skill. Uh, there's obviously still a lot to do in that matchup with resource management, but a lot of it just comes down to who goes first. If they draw okay, they they will win the game. Uh and I don't want to play that into a meta game where there's 30 35% Lugia. Um so yeah, I will be playing playing another Lugia counter uh, <laughs> might be Palkia. It might be one of the other, the other 80 decks I've got working, which are actually good. Uh, not the Garbage or VMAX level of bad, <laughs> but actual decks. Um, and then, and then once the, the next set comes out, like half of my Lugia counters, I, I made a, a post about this half of my Lugia. Like I get, I double the amount of Lugia counters I get once that uh, uh, the new V star tool comes out. 
which uh, you attach to a V, uh, and then you uh, use it's a V star power ability. Mm -hmm. uh, you take an extra prize card when one of your V's knocks out a V star or V max. That's and a card. Yes, that's a that's a card. Oh, that's sick. Uh, what? Why? Why would they yeah, do that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> Well, the thing it's it's actually balanced this time. For some they they didn't screw up. It's not the new ADP, but uh because the the V stars can't use it. So it's only it's only if your V, your basic V knocks oh, out one of their okay. a V star V max. So yeah, it's it's fine. Um but there's a couple cards that uh are able to get some uh pretty crazy like uh so so one of the, the, the things about Lugia with that, that like Drapion combo that I was talking about earlier, that uh it's it's sometimes hard to get those initial two prizes, but it's a lot easier to get one prize card. If you only need one prize card, and then you can take a three and a two. That's a lot easier than taking um uh taking two and then going into whatnot. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I so I've got yeah. I've got enough Lugia counters to to uh, wait up until then, and then I've got enough to finish out uh, the the Sword and Shield format with uh, with more Lugia counters. I look forward to seeing the evolution of the Lugia counters and the evolution of the Twitter game because currently people still take the bait, and it amuses me to no end. <laughs> Jake, if the people do want to find you leaking your Lugia counters in a way that no one understands. Where can they find more from you? Yeah, you can search me on Twitter, Jake Gearhart. Uh, there's a K between my first and last name and my at because the, the the Jake Gearhart is taken. <laughs> uh, so so that's my middle initial. Uh, Got to get like Elon Musk to fix that or something. Maybe <laughs> I need to delete the old account that hasn't been used in nine years. <laughs> you also we Who haven't knows? mentioned it. We should have mentioned it at the beginning. Your app. What's it called? Yeah, pokegear.app. Um yeah, it's a website, not a not a downloadable. Okay, it's app. just dot app. I confuse some people. Yeah, yeah, it's just dot app. Um yeah, a deck building website. I'm working on a, a new version that'll currently it only works on desktop, but I'm working on a mobile version. Um and yeah, it's uh that that's what I use to look through every card in the standard format regularly. Uh, that's that's why I made it because because I wanted to to have a better better way to look at the cards than PTCGO. So it is it is super sick. It's one of those things that I feel like should be up there with Trainer Hill and Limitless and like all these others. Like, well, this is visually one of the best ways to do it. Especially, I'm sorry, PTCGO, you you, you ain't it. <laughs> like, there's better ways to make a deck list, and I I think your site is definitely one of them. It's one of those things that's like, eh, that's pretty cool. Although I'm definitely pro, give me an Android app, please. <laughs> just, you know, just throwing it out there. What else are you doing? You're in college, right? Yeah, no, the the website version, it's going to work on Android. It's going to work on everything. You'll see. You'll see. It'll be good. Okay. <laughs> I trust you. Get, getting an app in the app store is, is too much of a hassle. <laughs> Myself? I, I guess on Android, you can you can download it. It's easy, but yeah. Whatever, yeah. I, iOS is hard. <laughs> nah, people with iPhones, don't worry about them. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Uh, if you're on a podcasting app, please leave a review. If you're on YouTube, please leave a like, comment, or subscription. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.